Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz trumpeter Derek Gardner. We caught up with him on July 13th, 2020 during the COVID-19 lockdown to talk about his latest 2020 CD, Still I Rise. He was inspired by the finest, hardworking, funky bop bands of the 1960s and made his mark upon arriving in New York in 1991. Over the last 18 years, he has worked with a tremendous litany of artists that have included the late Dizzy Gillespie, George Benson, Frank Foster, Nancy Wilson, Clark Terry, and many others enjoy his story right on thanks for taking a minute out today i appreciate it oh no problem no problem at all i love the new album still i rise um and i just kind of wanted to catch up with you about this release and and kind of your life and music so um i guess my first my first question is obviously during a pandemic it's a unique time to release an album how have you been doing during the pandemic and kind of what are your thoughts any ambivalent thoughts on releasing this at this time? Well, I've been, well thank, you, thank you for asking. I, I've been uh, doing uh, uh, pretty well uh, during this, during this, uh, these kind of crazy times here. Um, and uh, fortunately, um, we, uh, we uh, you know, I live in, I live in Winnipeg, Canada, and uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. And fortunately, we don't have a lot of cases up here at all. I mean, in the, in the entire province of manitoba um i think we might have might have had about maybe close to 400 cases and um and maybe in winnipeg is the largest city and we might have had about maybe seven or eight people in the hospital and i think everybody's recovered and um so uh but they still take they still take the take the whole thing very seriously as if as if it's like uh one of the the hard, hard, harder hit epicenters, you know, and um, but uh, releasing the uh, uh, this this recording during this time has uh, uh, hasn't been challenging. It's just been uh, uh, difficult uh, to figure out uh, when was the the right time to to release it, you know, strategically, and um, would it be received? well during uh during this time you know and um so we just kind of took a chance with it i have a, a a great marketing team that's uh that's uh that's uh behind the record and uh they they're you know kind of putting their their brainstorming as uh what the what a good time of of the of this summer uh to release it so we've just kind of been playing it by ear actually Talk to me a little bit about your beginnings, kind of where you were born and raised, and how jazz became your life. Born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, and um, both my parents are musicians. Uh, my father is a jazz trumpeter, and um, uh, my mother is a uh, uh, classical pianist and organist and a choir director. <laughs> and um, my father was um, was a member of the Ray, of Ray Charles Band back in the. Um, Back in the uh, early '60s, uh, the band uh, um, that that personnel of the band that was pretty much the like the focal point of the of the movie uh, that, that came out several years back on, on Ray Charles. And then I, I uh, so I grew up with, with music all around the house. And when I uh, started playing trumpet when I was uh, I started playing piano when I was five, and got kind of kind of bored with that because I liked when my dad was playing on trumpet, so I started playing trumpet. At uh, around nine years old, and um, uh, came time for me to go to uh, into high school. We moved to 
both my parents got jobs in Virginia uh, at uh, uh, both taught in universities there, and um, and I ended up uh, majoring in music and um, and focusing on jazz, and uh, then uh, I went to uh, Hampton University in Hampton, Virginia. Um, got my undergraduate degree in jazz studies, and then went to uh, moved on to Indiana University um, and studied and began my master's there with uh, David Baker. Uh, and, uh, from, uh, but I didn't finish there because I got recruited into the, uh, Count Basie Orchestra. And, uh, which allowed me to move to New York and tour the world. And, um, I, that was my first real professional gig. And, um, did that for about six years or so. This is under the direction of, uh, Frank Foster. And I left the band actually. Uh, when, uh, uh, after Frank, Frank left the band in 1995 and, uh, then I left the, the following year in 1996. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I wanted to take advantage of, uh, more opportunities, uh, that were happening in New York because we were touring so much with the basic band. I think we were touring something like, uh, like about 200 and, 60, 270 days a year. And, uh, uh, but I was, we'd come back in town uh, for a couple of weeks and I would, you know, uh, people find out I was back in New York and I'd get a few gigs. Then I had to leave and more gigs in New York were coming in, but I couldn't do them because I was out in the road with the Basie Band. So I decided to leave, leave the Basie Band to take advantage of other opportunities in New York. And, uh, which, one of which, one of those opportunities was to work with uh, Frank Foster's uh, groups, uh, his Loud Minority Big Band, and uh, his uh, uh, small group, which he called the the, the Non Electric Company, and um, uh, and then after that, I started uh, started teaching, and uh, was uh, taught at Ohio State University for a year and, and taught at Michigan State University for uh, about seven years and then was brought me here to Canada. I've been here for the last uh, nine years or so. So it's safe to say that jazz has, and music has just been in your lineage and your blood since the word go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did uh, see myself doing anything other than jazz um, the whole time. Talk to me a little bit about mentors. I, I know your father was probably a big mentor, but were there any other people that really laid some groundwork for you that you remember to this day that's very important as a musician? Oh, sure, yeah. Um, I guess uh, the more, uh, I, I guess through, through school, I would have to say, uh, I was I had the chance to be exposed and mentored by um great pianists, a couple of great pianists actually. Uh Weldon Irving, um uh, who was a uh wonderful jazz pianist. He wrote the, the tune uh Mr. Clean that uh, Freddie Hubbard recorded and uh Young Gifted in Black and and quite a few other other things uh during the uh sixties and seventies. And um, Larry Willis, another great uh, jazz pianist, um, 
that uh, was uh, who was a member of that group, uh, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and uh, worked with uh, just a, you know a whole host of, of whole host of people. And uh, then, of course, with David Baker. By the time I started uh, at uh, Indiana University, and uh, uh, Frank Foster was a huge, a huge influence on me, uh, both improvisationally and as an arranger. Uh, I, I really got to fine tune uh, and and course tune <laughs> uh, my arranging chops uh, with Frank Foster. He would be on the uh, in between cities on tour <clears throat> we'd be on the bus uh we might have like uh five six hundred miles uh between cities you know that we're traveling and he'd be at the he'd be at the the front of the bus with uh a, a pad of score paper and a black felt tip pen and no piano and he's uh and he's writing down these voicings on the pad with uh in his the voices that are in his head. So he's like saxophones, da 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 trombones, da 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 trumpets, da 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 and he's and he's, you know, voicing uh voicing these things off in his head. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, that's incredible. I said so I said so I got me a pad of score paper about a week later thought I could do the same thing. I started voicing and da 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 like you know. And I after I had about sixteen measures or so completed I went to the front of the bus and said, "Hey, Foss man, can you can you check this out?" And uh, he said, "Okay, let me see what you got." And so, <clears throat> as he's looking at it, he's put he's takes the cap of his black pen and puts the cap on the, on the pen and grabs his red pen and just starts bleeding all over my page with his red pen. <laughs> you know, so you got the third here that's wrong. You got the A flat that should be the A natural. Hey, why you got this going over here? And that that's, that whole line is wrong. And he just Bled all over my page. I said, "Okay, here, work on this." And I just went back to the back of the bus with a tail between my leg. And uh, and so when when I got to a piano, I would work out the voicings and stuff. And then after I had a few more measures done, I would go back to Falls with my head bowed down and say, "Please check this out again." And each time I went, you know, back and forth uh, with him like that, I had less blood on my page, and um, uh, was able to. Uh, you know, maybe about a year or so later, I was able to to bang out an arrangement that we that we were actually able to play on the band, and uh, it was an amazing experience just uh, just being mentored by him. And and I studied, I kept studying arranging with him until he up until he died uh, in uh, 2011. Tell me this: What do you like the best about the interview session? Oh, wow. Uh, that's and that's a, that's probably a multi-layered answer uh, to that one. Uh, it's uh, it's the most uh, satisfying and gratifying uh, thing that that I could ever think of doing. Um, the it's a it's a total enhancement of the creative spirit of a person. Uh, for me, and um, and you get to uh, you know feed off of the energy of the people that you're that you're performing for. You get to really, you know, you get to really uh, 
see how it's, it's, a, it's a really is a, a great litmus test for how effective your music really is on the listener. Um, I always I always uh, uh, say that you know, when I write a piece of music uh, and I put it out there, I'm trying to <clears throat> I'm trying to attract or, or affect the per, the average person that's walking down the street that doesn't know anything about music, you know, but this but is just affected by the sounds that he or she hears and says, wow, I like the way that sounds, you know, regardless of whether it's jazz or country and western or, or polka or whatever, you know. Um, it, uh, if, I can, if I can get that person uh, to listen to what, I've, uh, what, what I'm playing, then I've done my job, you know. Uh, Count Basie had always, people in, 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 when I was in the Basie band, uh, about, uh, about 60 Sixty or seventy percent of the band at that time was had, was hired by Basie, so a lot of the musical traditions were still in that band, and they would always say that Basie would look out in the audience, and he said if uh, if people's feet aren't tapping, and their heads not bobbing, or they're not moving something in their body, then he's not doing his job, you know. And so I've I've taken that, taken on that same type of mandate. You know, uh, if I haven't affected my listener, then then I'm not I'm not doing my job, and that's like a that's totally gratifying when uh, uh, when you are doing your job. You know. So let me let me ask you this: If you have a dream tonight and you run into your younger self, like around the time that you were starting to play, and you could give your younger self advice, what advice would you give your younger self? Uh, my younger self, uh, I would say. Uh, hmm. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe to, uh, maybe to focus more. And, uh, if I had to focus then that I, that I have now, well, I, I would just be king of the world, I think. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, when you're a younger person, you know, of course, I, I knew that I always wanted to be a musician. You know, you, uh, you're still experimenting with with other things that might that might that you might be exposed to. Uh, uh, nothing bad in my case. Nothing nothing bad or detrimental uh, um, uh, with me. But uh, I would have uh, liked to have had maybe a little more 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 focus toward the toward the end goal and uh, and maybe even uh be ready to embark upon a professional career maybe a little earlier in my life uh one thing that that happened with me was uh after i finished <clears throat> after i finished uh, uh my undergraduate degree uh at uh, at, at hampton uh, hampton university i uh i said to myself okay uh, I went to a music library and I found this, found this, uh, this Freddie Hubbard record that I always loved to listen to. And I said, okay, if you can hang with this, if you can, if you can play like this, then you're, then you're, you're going to, you're going to go to New York and embark upon your career or you're going to go to grad school and keep studying. And so I put the needle on the record 
and uh, listened. Got past the melody, then he went into went into his solo, and after about the first thirty seconds of his solo, I took the the needle off, and I said, "Okay, I guess I'm going to grad school." <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I said, "Well, yeah, let's go ahead and get this thing together because I can't hang with Freddie yet." <laughs> nice. So, uh, but you know, in co- in in college as an undergraduate, you know, you. Uh, uh, at least for me, you know, I, I was I, I I practiced, but I also had a good time, you know, and uh, I was doing, you know, hanging out and partying and doing stuff, you know. So I, I wish I had maybe just a little more focus during those years to be ready to get to the the end goal a little sooner. So let me ask you this, you know, we're going to get to the end of COVID-19 and we're going to get back to live jazz and everybody's going to get back out to the clubs and venues. And when they do, what do you hope both the musician and the audience member realizes from this time away? Any silver linings about this absence of live music? Um, I think that, uh, uh, maybe, maybe not to, not to take live music for granted, uh, that it, uh, that it really and truly has a place in society, although we have all these other musical options at our disposal that are, you know, uh, you know that that center around being the availability on on the internet. You know, you can go to uh, Spotify or Pandora or YouTube Music or whatever um, and create your own uh, free streaming playlist of your favorite artists. And um, that is essentially, but you might have like a band in town that's playing some of the same music or has their own original music to offer where you say, oh, I'm just going to stay in town and I'm going to stay at home with a nice glass of wine or something and and just go on Spotify and listen to my playlist, you know. And, um, uh, And I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a huge problem. I don't think that, uh, uh, that people in general have ruled out live music in that regard, but uh, um, having everybody now being confined uh, with all these uh, restrictions and precautions sur- uh, uh, surrounding uh, the coronavirus, uh, I think that that tells people that wow, I, I really miss going out and just doing stuff and just going to just going out to a to a maybe to a movie or to a, uh, a to a bar just with friends or you know just uh, or, or to hear some live music and I'm, I'm you know here in Winnipeg we are starting to uh, open up uh, about maybe 50, 50 to 60 percent uh, 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 you know exposure you know regard to the, uh, the to the pandemic because we had such low numbers and we did and I did one of the first live gigs here in the city about a week ago and uh, it was on the rooftop of uh, the Winnipeg Art Gallery and all the seating was uh, spaced out you know according to all the precautions and stuff and the tickets sold out in, within a week with with uh, they had tickets on about two weeks before the before the the event, 
and they sold out the first week. And uh, right. and the crowd was, and you could I could tell the crowd was just starved for live music, you know. And that's what's going to happen when this whole thing is over. Uh, I think it's a good thing actually because uh, you know I think everybody's going to be starved just to go out and just be out in the open and 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 one of those uh options for them to go out is you know to hear some live music. So my final question to you is this everyone has their perception of you, your family, your friends, your fans, but you're the one living your life. Who do you think you are? Uh deep question I think. <laughs> um, that's a that's a heavy I one, am, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh I I I I hope that I'm, I'm just a uh, uh, a nice guy, I guess. You know, uh, somebody that uh, that believes in uh, treating people the same as a person would treat me, as as same as I would have a person treat me. You know, and um, uh, and I and I try to. Uh, uh music is so much a so much a part of my life that uh i try to do that you know through uh musically through whatever musical offerings i have to you know put out there um but uh in the end yeah just try you know just try uh, you know one of my i think sayings that I've uh, kind of subscribed to in the, in the last few years is that uh, uh, we all we all are members of the of the human tribe. You know, it's, it's like uh, everybody's kind of separated into this like uh, human uh, into this like uh, kind of tribalism kind of theory where everybody's everybody just flocks to the to the people of the of their particular uh, skin color and when you peel back the skin, everybody's the same color, you know. So I'm like, everybody's just subscribed to this, to the human tribe and and treat everybody like human beings, you know. And uh, so yeah, that's 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 what I hope people kind of kind of take away from me. I guess. I dig it, man. That's a great answer, Derek. Thank you for opening up. Thank you for the music. Stay safe. Be well. Appreciate it, man. Thank you very much for the interview. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest cats in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Derek for his time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Davino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com, and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.